Thank you, Dave. Good morning, church. It is such a privilege and an honor for me to be here to share with you today. Uh, I wish we could be here in person, but hopefully and prayerfully, that's just around the corner. We're continuing our series, Expectant, that Dave kicked off for us last week by looking at the life of Joseph. And today, we're going to be looking at another character in the Christmas story. We're going to be looking at Zachariah. In the grand scheme of the Christmas story, Zechariah is really a minor character, but we can learn some very critical biblical principles from what we have recorded of his life in Scripture. And what we have recorded from him is in Luke chapter 1, and that's where we're going to kind of hover today. Now, looking at Zechariah's life, we're going to be looking at it from the notion of an expectant father. We're in the series Expectant, looking forward to something happening. And when we're introduced to Zechariah, that is exactly how he's introduced by Luke, a man who is expecting to be a father. Now, this may not seem like a big deal, but in reality, in the scriptural context, it's a very huge deal. And for the Jewish people in first century times, Being an expectant father was, take what you feel today and how we look at expecting children in our lives and multiply that times God. Because it wasn't just about family. It wasn't just about carrying on a heritage, leaving a legacy. For the first century Jewish people, having children was inextricably tied to their relationship as a covenant people with the holy God of the universe. Now, what is somewhat incredible about, incredible about this particular experience is that we're told in Luke 1 and at the very beginning that Zechariah and Elizabeth are advanced in age, which is just the biblical way of saying they're old. They're past their prime. They are past the point of really physically being able to have children. And we're told that Elizabeth is barren. So the possibility of having children for Zechariah and Elizabeth, it's zero to none. And yet we're told through Scripture that this is exactly what is going to happen for Zachariah. Now, I'm a father of three, and I am blessed to have three healthy children, but I can relate a little bit to Zachariah because I was older when I had my children. And there are a lot of, um, what would you say, concerns that come along with being an older parent. Now, for Zachariah, the concern was having children, period. He wasn't ever expecting to have children. And for him and Elizabeth, in this time in history, given their culture and their relationship as a covenant people with God, there was even more pain and hurt to this. For Zechariah, this meant that he would not be able to fulfill the God commandment of being fruitful and multiply, which is a part of the Jewish culture of having family be that divine mandate 
that allows men to align and associate with the God of the universe. He would never get to experience that. He would also never get to fulfill the divine commandment of the people of Israel to speak of the things of God to your children when you go in, when you go out, when you lay down and when they wake up to be able to share the truths of God, the word of God with your children was a spiritual exercise, was a spiritual discipline, was a spiritual fulfillment of the covenant between God and his people being priests to their family and also being a priest to the world. Zechariah was never going to get to experience that. And for him and Elizabeth, in this vein of infertility, the inability to have children, this created some shame, some disgrace, personally and communally. Even though Zechariah was a priest of the order of Aaron, the first high priest of God, he was never going to get to experience personally and intimately the fruition of God's promise of being fruitful and multiply and sharing God's truths with the next generation to carry on the heritage and the legacy of a people of God. And it's in this environment that we're introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah being an expectant father. In Luke chapter 1, 12, 17, this is what we read. Zechariah is in the temple performing his priestly duties when the angel Gabriel shows up. And this is what he says. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, as we read on in this verse, we see that Zechariah doesn't believe what Gabriel tells him. And it's understandable. He's advanced in years. His wife is barren. How could this be? But yet Gabriel is sent from God to Zechariah to relay this divine message, and he has disbelief. And we learn that because of that disbelief, Zechariah is told that he will not be able to speak another word until his son is born. Now, I, I don't know if Zechariah was a gregarious guy or not, but I, I, I know that as a father who is expectant, one of the things that you want to do is you want to tell everybody, Zechariah is not going to have that opportunity. He is struck mute. 
Now, there are a couple of things that happen when we are expecting to be fathers, expecting to be parents. There is anticipation and there is a disruption of life. The anticipation that Zechariah had was that he was actually going to be able to experience what he thought he would never be able to experience preparing to be a father, preparing for a family outside of just him and Elizabeth. Now, I know women, when you get pregnant, you really deal with most of the distribution of life, disruption of life. Your bodies physically change in ways that just blows my mind, and I'm glad that I don't have to deal with it. The aching backs the expanding stomachs, the baby pressing on all your internal organs. I mean, I'm glad God gave that to you. But as a father, we typically don't have to deal with much disruption other than trying to take care of you. But Zachariah, he gets to experience a physical disruption in his life. He gets to experience not being able to speak only being able to think, ponder, and listen. I'm going to tell you, as a father, that is hard to do when you're expecting to be a father and hold a baby. You want to tell everybody. Zechariah doesn't get that. He, He gets this disruption in his life that puts him in a place where he is forced to, again, think and listen and observe what's going on. Now, when I, when I think about this and I think about what we just read, there is so much for Zechariah to chew on, to meditate in, and to ponder about the reality and the power and the presence and the love and the faithfulness of God. See, barrenness, infertility, the inability to have children from a biblical perspective is something that we see in the beginning of Genesis all the way through the New Testament. Sarah, Rebecca, Hannah, women who were barren, who did not get to experience what the Jewish first century and Jewish people as a whole look at as a holy calling to raise children. God uses barrenness to show his power, his faithfulness, and his love, and his provision to his covenant, to his covenant people. And again, that's what we're seeing here with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah can do nothing for nine months but ponder what he heard from Gabriel. The whole nation for centuries, have been waiting for the coming of the Messiah, have been waiting for the one who would be the forerunner, who would prepare the way for him to come. What does Gabriel tell Zechariah? His son is going to pave the way for the Messiah. There is great anticipation here for Zechariah. And I imagine that for the continuing nine months leading up to the birth of his son. He is just sitting in the graces of God, pondering those words. Is this real? My son, who I never thought that I would ever get to have, 
He's going to pave the way. He is going to be the one who sets the stage for the Messiah, the Redeemer of Israel, the Savior of the world. God, you are so good. I imagine that he did nothing but praise God in his spirit over those nine months. And it wasn't just that those words that he heard from Gabriel. The mother of Jesus, Mary, visited her relative, Elizabeth, and spent three months with her. And we have recorded the conversation between Elizabeth and Mary. And it's just like this conversation that Gabriel had with Zechariah. It's filled with the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that the people of Israel were waiting for to redeem them and put them back in the place that they desired to be with their God. Anticipation. When you're waiting for the birth of your child, there is great anticipation. But when you're waiting for your birth of your child, in lieu of the coming of the Messiah, I'm going to say that that anticipation is greater than what we could ever phantom. And this is where Zechariah is. In the depths of divine communion with fulfilling his God-given right and joy to be a father. Not just the father, but a father who can say, I'm going to see the Messiah the anointed one, the savior of the world in my lifetime. Now, church, I I don't know what you are anticipating this season. I don't know what anticipations or disruptions that you have in your life right now, but I'm going to venture to say that someone, some of you are anticipating great things or are not so many great things. I'm going to say that some of you are facing disruptions in your life right now that hold heavy weight on your heart and your soul. But I want to propose to you that if you are expecting of God to show up and be real in your life, that you can have the same type of hope and joy in this disruption anticipation that Zechariah had, that is available for your life, for you right now. I don't know what the circumstances are, but I know our God. And he, like with Zechariah, is preparing the way For the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace to show up in your life and offer you the salvation, the hope, and the joy that you so desperately desire right now. We continue to look at Zachariah's life and his expectation of the Messiah, the expectation of his son, And it holds great promise. And this is where Zechariah is really looking to, I believe, as he's waiting these nine months for his child to be born. He is waiting to see the father's promise of the promised son in his son. He is waiting to see 
not just the joy that his son brings him, but the joy that his son is going to prepare for the entirety of the world. And as we read down through Zechariah, we, we see what happens when the promise comes to fruition. When what Gabriel spoke to him about him having a son comes forth. And this is what happens. When the son is born, he begins to speak. Gabriel said, not until your son is born will you be able to speak. And when a son is born, these are the words that Zechariah says in verses 67 through 79 of Luke chapter 1. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's John. And he prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for, for us in the house of David, his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward our father and remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, we called the prophet of the Most High, speaking of John. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by and forgiveness for their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. See, at the moment of John's birth, Zechariah is elated. He has a son, but his son means so much more. His son means the Messiah, the one who gives salvation, the one who leads into the place of peace is on the horizon. And rather than worshiping his son, he glorifies God. See, Zechariah is able to see beyond the temporal and look into the eternal. He is able to see that in flesh and blood, in his son, the hope of the divine entering into man's world is about to be a reality. And what is his posture? He worships. He glorifies God. He witnesses to the faithfulness, to the power of God. He witnesses to the love of God and the provision of God. Now, church, I don't know what you are dealing with in this season, but I know for all of us, it's been a difficult one. But are we looking through from the fleshly and the temporal to the heavenly and the eternal? 
Are we looking and seeing in the midst of all this hurt and uncertainty, the promise, the faithfulness of the coming Messiah? I want to encourage you, church. I want to challenge you, family, to no matter where you are, no matter what circumstances you are dealing with, to take a step back, to be expectant in this season, to receive exactly what Zachariah received, hope, joy, peace from a God who is faithful to his people and to those who seek after him and follow him. Now, I'm going to venture to say that it wasn't easy for Zachariah to be in this circumstance. It was hard. But yet he was able to focus not on where he was and what he was going through, but what was to come and what was beyond. Heaven meeting earth and the promises of God being fulfilled. We are expectant in this season to celebrate the birth of Christ. Joy, peace, Hope, salvation, it's already come. He has been here. It's what this season is all about, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, the Savior of the world. And if anything else, we should be expectant, family, to be people who are moved to worship through word and through action. Just like Zechariah was. Why? Because he knew that the promise of the Father was about to be fulfilled. What Gabriel told him about his son came true, which meant that if John was, to, was born, then the Savior was on his heels. As he said, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of sins because of the tender mercies of God. Zechariah was experiencing this firsthand. Family, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have experienced this truth firsthand. So we have no other choice but to move like Zechariah in a posture of worship, proclaiming to all who will hear, salvation is here from our God who gives hope, who gives joy, who leads us into the ways of peace. This is his promise. And this is what Zechariah was looking for when he looked forward to the birth of his son, the promised son. And he got to see him. As we read on through scripture, we see that John prepares the way for the Messiah, for Jesus. Who are you preparing the way for? Are you preparing the way? Are you willing to worship? Are you willing to proclaim the goodness, the faithfulness of God 
despite what the season may hold, despite what the circumstances of life may hold, as ones who have taken hold of the beauty of the promised son, the one who gave his life on the cross so that we could live, the one who raised again in power so that we could trust in his faithfulness and his work. When we take hold of him, we are expected to be people who share him, who worship him, who proclaim his goodness, his faithfulness, in keeping his promise. My hope, my prayer, is that no matter where you are, no matter what you are dealing with in this season of life, that you will be expectant, like Zechariah, to see the fulfillment of the promise of God in the promised Son of God, Jesus Christ. Because it's the season that we celebrate. It's the reason for the season. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. God coming into the world, being just like us, and fulfilling his love, commitment to us, so that he could be with us. Are you worshiping? Are you frowning? Are you fretting? Are you following the cultural flow? I want to encourage you. Don't. Celebrate God fulfilling his promise in his son. And as you look at your children, if you have children... Look at them as the blessing that they are. And be expectant for God to look at you and expect you to be a blessing to those around you. Pray with me. Daddy, I thank you that this is the God that you are, a God who loves us enough to, one, leave your word to give us guidance and direction and how to live life for you and with you. But even more so that you are a God who is faithful. That you are a God who keeps his promise. And that you have provided hope, joy, salvation, and peace to those who are willing to take hold of your son. Who we celebrate this season. Daddy, let us be like Zechariah. Let us worship you by calling out all the good that you have done and your faithfulness in our lives. And for those who don't know you, Daddy, I pray that you would pour your spirit out upon them and they would see your gift of Jesus before them and that they would take hold of him as their personal Lord and Savior. We ask all of this, Daddy, to your glory, 
by the power of your spirit in the precious and holy name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.